the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Mayor Young says, get the 16s. That would be Mayor Jack Young, the mayor of Baltimore, another city run by Democrats that, uh, well, I guess it's turned into the Wild West. It was yesterday, the day after a teenager was killed. Four others were injured in shootings. Uh, Mayor Jack says if they want to really settle them, that's the beefs, he means, if they really want to settle them, we can have them down at the Civic Center, put up a boxing ring, let them go at, go and box it out, let the best man win, those kinds of things, uh, and the beef would be over. Well, the reason I say get the 16s, I wrote a book called Just Watch the Game, and in that uh, book I wrote a story about a Catholic grade school, St. Bernard's, uh, which is in Mount Lebanon, still there, still doing well. Um, and I, it was a story about the football team that went undefeated for like 13 or 14 years. Uh, but it was really not just about the football team. It was about the culture at the school. And uh, in that uh, book, I, I for that story, I interviewed one of the uh, coaches. He was an old guy at the time. I did the interview about eight or ten years ago. And um, he talked about Father Lonergan. Father Lonergan was the pastor, and he was the guy who set the tone at St. Bernard's, and it was a tough place for boys. They were expected to be tough, play football. If he saw you on the playground, he would uh, yell at you. If you weren't, if you were standing around, he'd say, "Get a ball, do something. Come on, get out there and play something." So there would be fights. It was you know, boys would be fighting on the playground. This was a grade school, and uh, the coach said to me. I would be sitting next to Father Lonergan on the wall by the cemetery there near the playground, and there'd be a fight going on, and we would just watch it, and the kids would, boys, the girls had their own playground. The boys were on one and girls on another, and the, the, the boys, two boys would be fighting, and they would just let it go, and then there would be a circle of boys around the, the two guys fighting, which would never happen now because somebody would break it up long before that. So eventually, though, if the fight went on for a while, uh, the coach said Father Lonergan would nudge me, and he'd say, get the 16s. So the coach would call one of the younger kids over, and he'd say, "Get the Father Lonergan wants the 16s. So the kid would leave and go underneath the uh, little building there, and, uh, and a, they had a little gym in there, and he'd come out with two, well, actually four, 16-ounce boxing gloves. And the two kids would be each handed the gloves, the circle would still be there, and they would pound each other until one of them quit, one of them went down, or Father Lonergan or somebody uh, broke it up. So that was a solution back then. Get the 16s. Usually after that, the kids became friends. That, that, that settled it. But I hate to disappoint the mayor, Mayor Young, about the 16s and the boxing and all that. But, you know, if you have a beef with a guy and you shoot and kill him, that kind of ends the beef. The beef's over. It's not the right way to do it. It's not necessarily a, a really good idea for you for the rest of your life if you decide to shoot and kill somebody. But you know what I mean? He's, the beef's over. But the mayor means well. Then there's Chicago, by the way, where there were at least 52 shootings. 52 shootings over the weekend. Ten uh, of them fatal. Uh I'm not sure if Mayor Young's plan would work out uh, too well there in Chicago. That's a lot of boxing matches, but, hey, it's worth a try. Maybe we could uh, take the concept of politics, get the 16s for, say, Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden, let them go a few rounds. I'd watch that. I'd put it this way. I would rather watch that than a town hall with either one of them to hear them say the same things. Just let them get in the ring, give them the 16s, and let them go. And since Democrats don't think there's any difference between men and women when it comes to sports— Kamal Harris could get in the ring with, what's his name, uh, Slawwell. My money would be on her, by the way, to beat that little weasel. But anyway, that would be maybe that's the solution. Get the 16s for everybody. Well, when we come back, we have a serious topic, um, sexual assault on college campuses. And in our second half hour, 
We have an update on a story about a, a football player from Michigan State whose life was ruined, lost his job in the NFL and everything. When he was falsely accused, he sued and he won. We'll have the update. Stick around. In the clearing stands a boxer and a fighter by his trade and he carries the reminders of every glove that laid him down or cut him till he cried out in his anger and his shame I am leaving, I am leaving but the fighter still remains We're talking to Rocky Blyer. He's involved with the Miracle League of Moon Township and the construction of a Miracle League athletic field. The fields are designed to make it possible for kids with special needs to play sports. Every child, no matter what the situation, deserves a chance to be able to play, to compete, and have a place that's safe, takes care of needs, that's organized. This will be the fourth Miracle League field that will be built. Now we've got four places to be able to travel, so it broadens the whole interest of sports. It's just terrific for a community to do that. There's a buddy system I thought was pretty impressive. What's that all about? Kids with special needs have a buddy. A a child who's in school. It's like having an older brother or sister involved with you. So it's really good in that everybody has human dignity of being able to participate. The website is miraclesinmoon.org. Check it out and let's help make this dream a reality. Hey Rocky, thanks and uh, we'll be talking to you again about this project. Appreciate you coming on to talk about it. Thank you for having me. All right, man. Take it it. easy. Rocky Blyer and we'll be right back. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have five to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm John Steigerwald. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in the network. Isn't it time for a change? Well, stop the insanity and call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30%. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. 724-884-1496. Are you about to pay double for roof replacement or repair? If you haven't called Windows or Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for siding, doors, gutters, downspouts, and roof replacement and repair. Factory certified by North America's largest roof manufacturer, Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months on up to $20,000. Windows R Us will match any competitor's price. No hidden fees or surprises ever. Schedule a free roof inspection today. Mention AM 1250 for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company. Windows R Us, more than a window company. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com. What's inside your mattress affects its price, comfort, and durability. But most mattress manufacturers won't show you what's inside their products because they simply don't want you to know. How can you know if you're getting the best value if you don't know how your mattress is made? At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that transparency is what's best for our customers. So we have open displays of each model in our showroom so you can see and feel the difference in our products. Visit one of our local Original Mattress Factory stores to see exactly what we're made of. Not so long ago, all mattresses had two sides, and for good reason. You can flip two-sided mattresses regularly, making them last longer than one-sided mattresses. So, what happened to two-sided mattresses? In an effort to cut costs, most mattress manufacturers cut their mattresses in half. For nearly three decades, the original mattress factory has believed that building high-quality two-sided mattresses is the right thing to do. Visit us in one of our stores or at OriginalMattress.com to see how our products are built right and built to last. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Most colleges uh, are in summer break right now, so this is a subject you won't be hearing about for a while, but it's the subject we've talked about quite a bit here. And we are going to spend most of the show today on this subject, actually. It's uh, sexual assault on campuses. And if you have kids or grandkids getting ready to go to college this fall, or maybe their seniors going to be going next year, boys or girls, it's something they should be aware of before they set foot on any campus. 
In our second half hour, we're going to update a case we talked about here a few months ago involving a Michigan State football player whose life was ruined because of this. Uh, Casey Johnson is a history professor at Brooklyn College and CUNY Graduate Center. He's uh, written a book called Rape Frenzy, the Attack on Due Process at America's Universities. He joins us now. Casey, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So let's start with the, uh, the Dear Colleague letter, which sounds like a nice thing. Uh, sent by the Obama administration. Another case of, is that, are we looking at another case of uh, government trying to help and making things worse? Yes. I mean, this, this was a 2011 letter that basically said we have a problem on campus because there are too many sexual assaults, which is true. And that the way to solve it, the Obama administration said, was to use Title IX, which is the federal gender discrimination law, to require schools to, in effect, rig their processes, to either set up these campus rape tribunals where an accused student wouldn't have a right to cross-examination, where they wouldn't have a right to access to most of the evidence, where the adjudicators would be trained, in effect, to presume the, the student's guilt, and where they would be judged by a very low evidentiary uh, uh, standard. And so the combination of effects basically means that once you're charged in these tribunals, you're presumed guilty, and you have to try to prove your innocence in really, really tough circumstances. And there's your uh, the attack on uh, due process. You just listed them right there. Um, you know, yeah. uh, double jeopardy was an, is another one, and uh, th- that's another issue that I'm going to talk about in our next half hour. I don't know if you're familiar with the case uh, of uh, Keith Mumphrey, the football player at Michigan yep. State. I have uh, a guy from the Detroit Free Press who covered that story coming on after we're f- uh, finished with this segment. But um, I, I, the, the standard went from, I mean, how would you like to be how would you like to be put on trial for rape by the government and all the government had to prove was that it was more likely than not that you were guilty? That not that the standard they, they established? That's the standard. And, 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 they, and that they would be able to prove that without a process in which you or your lawyer had the right to cross-examine the accuser, had the right to cross-examine other witnesses, had the right to challenge jurors. Imagine if you were, you were in, a, in a criminal trial where the jury was trained based on information provided by the prosecutor, and the prosecutor said, I have this training material, but I'm not going to give it to you, so the defense lawyer doesn't get it. It's, you know, it's a manifestly unfair process. And, it, and in these areas, in these Title IX cases, the, the critical right is the right to cross-examination, because you know, here you have essentially two competing stories, the story of the accuser, the story of the accused. Usually it comes down to an issue of consent, Oftentimes, both of these students have been using alcohol. Memories tend to be vague. And without an opportunity to challenge the version of events that the complainant is offering, the accused student, in effect, has no chance. And there is, uh, to combine that with the Me Too movement, um, where all women are to be believed, and that's a a pretty tough uh, hill to climb for anybody who's accused You see this a lot in these campus training materials. One of the lesser-noticed aspects of the Obama administration's requirements was a requirement that all Title IX adjudicators, so all of the panelists and all of the investigators, have to be trained in sexual assault or sexual harassment ideas. And you say, well, that sounds reasonable. But then you look at the actual training materials that, that, uh, that campuses use, and you see phrases like, start by believing. Well, if you start by believing that the accuser is telling the truth, then the accused student kind of has to be guilty. Um, and you know, so, th- so this is really part of the problem in this. The, the, these are, this is 2011 when these changes um, began, so it really predates the, the Me Too movement and anticipates uh, a lot of the assumptions that, that underlay the Me Too movement. Yeah, I mean, it already existed, and then you, you put the layer of the Me Too movement on top of it. And uh, yeah, and so it just it, it probably cuts your chances of beating the rap in half. Here's the thing, though, too, Casey. Um, if you are a someone who is interested in falsely accusing someone, uh, if you know that those are the parameters uh, by which the hearing is going to be uh, conducted, you feel pretty confident about your story being believed, and that doesn't that kind of act as an incentive for someone if they are um, so inclined to go forward with it? I, how can I lose? That that's you know, and, and to you know, to to give them credit. I mean, the Obama administration argument was that if you set up a system where the the accuser knows that she is essentially never going to be challenged, 
that will encourage more actual victims of rape to come forward, which is, which is almost certainly true. But the problem, as you say, is that it provides absolutely no deterrence to someone from filing a false allegation. And the, the, you know, in the criminal justice process, at least in theory, and it happens from time to time, if, you, you know, if someone files a false, a false rape accusation, they can be prosecuted for filing a false police report. In the campus process, this is essentially unheard of. In the last seven years, there appears to be one case, a case at Purdue University, where a student was, was brought up under Title IX herself for filing a false rape claim. Universities just aren't interested in pursuing that option. So, you know, you know going into this process as a complainant, you can more or less say, make any kind of allegation that you want, the university is not going to come back to you down the road and say, you know, we're, we're, we're going to charge you. There's this, this case that we lead the book with at Amherst College where the accuser in text messages, text messages that she wrote herself on the night of the incident, said that she was trying to come up with a good lie to describe what happened. She slept with her roommate's boyfriend. And even that wasn't enough for Amherst to move against her. They still found the guy guilty. So it, you know, it gives a sense of the mentality behind these proceedings. Yeah, and uh, so it's 2011. Has, uh, I mean, that's quite a few years now have passed since they came up with this idea. Have the uh, universities come around to believing that maybe it's not that good of an idea? Or are they still pursuing it? Oh, the, the universities are deeply committed to, to maintaining these, these postures. They're, they're, they're very Still. important constituencies, yes, in favor. The Title IX bureaucracy, a lot of the faculty, the resistance has come from two separate um, forces. The first have been the federal courts. Um, courts have frequently ruled against colleges in this matter where you know, accused students have to file lawsuits. And the second has been Education Secretary Betsy DeVos, who has proposed new Title IX regulations they're still in the proposal stage. They haven't formally yet been adopted. That would require cross-examination, that would require disclosure of training material, that would create a somewhat fairer process. And universities were given, as part of the notice and comment opportunity, were given an opportunity to, to respond to DeVos's regulations. There was not a single uh, major university in the country that um, uh, uh, commented favorably on this. They were firmly uh, in opposition. Democratic state attorney generals, in a uh, uh, comment uh, authored by Josh Shapiro of uh, Pennsylvania, um, issued a comment saying that this is outrageous, and one of the things that the Shapiro uh, memo commented on was that the, that the proposed regulations improperly would require colleges to give an, a, a declaration that accused students are presumed innocent. Imagine this as, as that's something improper. That, that, yeah. that's improper. That's that, that, you know. So it, it it really was it was it, the, the reaction to the DeVos proposals, which were quite mild, does give a sense of how deeply rooted um, these beliefs have become among campus, um, among some Democratic legislators and office holders. Talking to Casey Johnson, uh, history professor at Brooklyn College, he wrote a book called "Rape Frenzy: The Attack." on due process at America's universities. Um, this also, I mean, the nature of the um, the uh, alleged act uh, is does not lend itself to having witnesses. So almost every time that you bring one of these cases forward, it's a he said, she said. And it, but, yeah, that, but they do, as you yeah. mentioned, they, in the cases where they actually have text messages, they don't count either. That, that's correct. I mean, you, these, are, these are cases where often there, there aren't additional witnesses, where often one or both of the parties have been drinking, and so their memories tend to be clouded. Sometimes the cases are brought a year, year and a half, two years afterwards. So you know, there, there's, a, there's an issue of how do you possibly you know, come up with, you know, trying to, to, to you know, let, let's say the argument is, we're at a party. Um, the, the accuser says that she was, was so intoxicated she couldn't consent. Um, the accused says that that didn't happen. And the party happened two years before. I mean, how could you possibly gather all right. of the witnesses from that party and, and have them recall, you know, was this, this student uh, incapacitated or, or not? There's no statute of limitations um, in, these campus, uh, in these campus cases. And so it, it's the sort of process that makes cross-examination and a fair procedure, you know, the basic principles of due process, all the more important, because otherwise you're just in a situation of, you know, I find this person sympathetic, and so I'm going to believe her because I want to, I want to give the benefit of the doubt to, to victims in sexual assault cases.
Yeah. What is, I mean, um, the, the well, it's been a long time since I was in college. Um, and it used to be, I guess, uh, that there, people are so um, inclined to believe the woman now. And, you know, maybe that's maybe that's an improvement over what the way things used to be. But there was a time when in college, if there were two people who were drunk and the girl um, decided afterwards that she went a little further than she wanted to, uh, she said, well, I got drunk. And I guess that happened. Like, you know, shame on me. Now, uh, the how is why is the man, the guy expected to be in more control of his ability to do the right thing when he's drunk than she is. Remarkably, there's a kind of neo-Victorian attitude here that the, it's it's a combination of, of sort of ultra-feminism with the idea that, that female students have to be protected. There's this famous incident in one of the earliest of these cases where the, uh, the, the Title IX coordinator at Duke University was on... Um, you know, was was testifying in court, and she was asked this question: You know, what what do you do in a case where you have two students who are equally intoxicated? And her argument was, the man is responsible. But of course, under Title IX, that can't be. You're, that that there's no. there isn't supposed to be gender discrimination, and so it's this assumption that that female students are so weak that they require the active protection of the university and of the federal government to resist uh, you know, these male predators uh, who are roaming the campuses. Now, sexual assault and rape are serious crimes. Uh, when and why did law enforcement allow it uh, to be handled by the schools? And it's, it's, if it's sexual assault, why is the college even involved anyway? Should, shouldn't the, uh, the police be involved? The, the, there, there are two arguments here. The first is that under Title IX, that sexual assault is also gender discrimination, which of course it is, and that universities have a separate obligation under Title IX to, to restrict gender discrimination. The actual explanation is this sense that because many of these cases are so factually weak, that no prosecutor is ever going to bring charges because okay. you know, the, yeah. and and so therefore the goal is to get some kind of scarlet letter on the uh, on the accused by setting up what is a what is it amounts to a kind of quasi judicial system that exists solely on campuses. But of course, if you can do that under the Constitution, you have to do it fairly, and that's not what's being done here. I have two minutes left here. I just want to let you know I'm up against a hard break, so I, I have to. I'm forced to leave. So I want to give you a chance to answer this. Uh, I never bought the stat that's been thrown around. I think about sexual assault. I think it's one in four women have been victims. Uh, where does that number come from, and how legitimate is it? It comes from a survey of two campuses in the uh, uh, early 2000s that was then generalized. It's, it's an absurd statistic. Um, it would suggest that just among female undergraduates alone, there have been more than 2 million um, sexual assault victims in the last five years. It would mean, if it were true, that the typical college campus is more dangerous than Detroit, than Memphis or Oakland, which are the three most dangerous cities, according to FBI statistics in the country. And if that's true, there should be police officers patrolling every campus in the country around the clock. Of course, that's not what's happening. If that's true, no parent should send their daughter to college, ever. Right, right. I mean, and, and, but, so, and, and no, in their heart of hearts, no university administrator accepts the truth of this, but they have to maintain the fiction, because if they don't, they'll come under heavy criticism from campus activists, uh, from the media, from faculty, for, you know, for, for disrespecting the, uh, the, the plight of actual victims. Well, wow. it's amazing, and it's not, it, I don't, I guess uh, I have about 30 seconds here. You, you're saying it's not going to get any better anytime soon? It's unlikely. I mean, I think that if the DeVos regulations are adopted, it would require universities to be uh, to be fair. And there, there is this one circuit, the Sixth Circuit, which which deals with the Michigan State case, Michigan, Ohio, Kentucky, and Tennessee, where the federal courts have ordered fairer procedures, and there things are getting better. Well, hey, KC Johnson, I appreciate you being here. Thank you very much. My pleasure. We'll be right back with a story about a football player who got it bad because of this these accusations. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington at a state dinner at Buckingham Palace this evening honoring President Trump and the United States. 
Queen Elizabeth II paid tribute to British and American soldiers who participated in D-Day nearly 75 years ago. Mr. President, in your State of the Union address this year, you paid tribute to some of the American heroes who risked their lives. And we owe an immeasurable, inimmeasurable debt to the British, American and Allied soldiers who began the liberation of Europe on the 6th of June 1944. Foreign Secretary Jeremy Hunt says he hopes President Trump will enjoy his visit to Britain. We're going to put on a fantastic show for him this week because America's our closest ally and uh, we want to celebrate an amazing partnership between our two countries. On Wall Street, the Dow up by five points, but the Nasdaq plunged 120 points. This is SRN News. Okay, first time we read this commercial, he got one. So I had to get one. And we are both in love with this product. The glass chair mat by Vitraza. They're unbelievable. You know that junky plastic chair mat under your office chair or at home? A piece of garbage. It's the ugliest thing in your office. Vitraza glass chair mats are beautiful. Durable. Each one will support over a thousand pounds, so it'll even hold me. (laughs) They've got a lifetime warranty, and the way you feel rolling over smooth glass instead of cheap, crackly plastic, it's like working in a million-dollar office. it's your office. And we got to mention this. Shipping is absolutely free. Absolutely. Lifetime warranty, scratch-resistant, stylish, Vitraza glass chair mats. You can't get them at the office superstore. you got to order them direct at vitraza.com slash life. That's V as in value, I-T-R-A-Z-Z-A, vitraza.com slash life. You'll want to remember that website. There's a discount code waiting for you for 10% off, only at vitraza.com slash life. Larry Elder knows why Mueller doesn't want to testify publicly. Here's the deal. Mueller feels he's already testified. He wrote a 400-plus page report on the investigation. Everything's in there. Interviewed all those witnesses, took all those depositions, had all those investigators, spent $25, $30 million. Why do I need to come and testify again? What's the point? The Larry Elder Show, weeknights at 7, right before Joe Walsh at 9 on AM 1250. The Answer. Hunt Associates is your resource for examining the important financial aspects for your retirement plan. Listen to our podcast radio show, Hunt for Retirement, by visiting gwhunt.com. On this week's edition of Hunt for Retirement, we discuss securing lifetime income. Text HUNT to 555-888 or visit gwhunt.com to listen to the podcast now or call 844-366-HUNT for a free copy of the book, Income Allocation and a Free Retirement Income Report. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy and Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Two-time Penguin Stanley Cup champion Kevin Stevens was on top of the world. Then, one decision would change his life forever. What should have been a Hall of Fame career became a losing battle with addiction. It was time to fight back. Join Kevin Stevens and his team for Crosscheck Substance Abuse Radio for hard-hitting discussion, inspirational stories, and cutting-edge resources to power forward in the fight against addiction. Saturday mornings at 10 on AM 1250, The Answer. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. We've got some volume delays out there, especially on the Parkway East, outbound, crawling along Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood Swissvale. It's busy spots inbound, Edgewood Swissvale to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel, about an extra five minutes there. Also, County Jail to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West, some volume slowing you down inbound, Green Tree Road to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. And outbound, 28 is looking a little busy from the Parkway North to the 40th Street Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. 
mostly clear for tonight, but chilly, going down to a low of 44 degrees. The record low is 41. For tomorrow, sunshine will be mixed with some clouds. A warmer afternoon, high 74. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, not nearly as chilly. Lows are around 60 degrees tomorrow night. Then for Wednesday, variably cloudy with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm, high 76. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. On our last segment, you heard about how lives have been ruined by colleges' attempts to uh, show their concern about sexual assaults on campus. A few months ago, we told you the story about Keith Mumphrey, a wide receiver at Michigan State. He was accused of sexual assault, ended up getting kicked off an NFL team uh, because of it. Uh, there's an update to the story now. And the man who covered the story for the Detroit Free Press, Chris Solari, who was with us a few months ago, is back. Uh, he's a Pittsburgh guy, by the way. Thanks for being here, Chris. Yeah, death taxes and the parkways backed up. That sounds like uh, that sounds like home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds like hey, but, hey, you're in Detroit. <laughs> Their traffic there has to be worse than here. Well, I'm actually closer to East Lansing, so oh. I don't have to deal with the Detroit traffic okay. more than a couple times a year. So that that helps. But believe it or not, just because of the way the roads are in Pittsburgh, it's a little bit a little bit worse. Wow! But well, yeah. Let, let's recap what happened to uh, Chris Mumphrey. Yeah. Well, so so Keith Mumphrey. Uh, I'm sorry. Did I say Chris Keith? Yeah. yeah. Yes, well, that's understandable because my name, but um, yeah. <laughs> so Keith Mumphrey, uh, his final game at Michigan State catches the game-winning pass in the Cotton Bowl uh, in January first, uh, twenty fifteen, and uh, you know, big moment, last, you know, end of game touchdown. Uh, celebration, interviewed him at his locker. I mean, the kid couldn't be more humble. Um, nice kid. You know, couldn't believe. I remember asking him. You know, this is your moment. You're going to go down to Michigan State history, and he just kind of. Stop, paused for a second and was like, wow, that's, that's true. So flash forward to his pro day three months later, uh, he'd been training in Florida after the bowl game and came back for his pro day, had, had apparently, uh, according to police report, uh, been, just been talking with a girl uh, who lived on campus uh, through a social networking site, and a dating app or whatever it may be, and uh, they met up, and that's where the stories diverge. Um, that oftentimes is the case, you know. Uh, you know, she uh, claimed that he sexually assaulted her and called her father and, and went directly to the hospital. He uh, he denied the the claims and uh, you know went on to play in the NFL. I think I believe he was a fourth round draft pick of the, the Texans uh, back in 2015 and played a couple years in the league. And the the problem what came up is. Keith Humphrey, um, you know, after the fact, uh, they, they went through the, the campus court system. There were no charges filed in the police system. Um, and Michigan State has its own police force. Um, and that goes to the, the county prosecutor here, and there were no charges being basically, he said, she said, involving alcohol situation. Uh, then they try it. They, they, Michigan State was one of the, the number of schools that, that had been up under the uh, Obama administration's Dear Colleague Act for for mishandling sexual assault cases, they reopened Mumphrey's case in 2016 uh, and notified him via email while he never received the email, uh, even though he was a graduate student uh, taking classes remotely at the time. And that's where things get crazy because uh, they, they changed the case over. Uh, Mumphrey gets uh, found because it's a 51% basically uh, burden of proof that as opposed to uh, you know, the, the, the criminal case uh, legal dis, uh, definition of, of guilty, right. that, that's where things get crazy. And, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't find out until he's about ready to come back on campus for a clinic. Uh, football office was called by the University Police Department because the girl had found out about it, and uh, they told him he couldn't uh, go attend the clinic. So um, that was the first of May, and we reported on it in 2017 when we got the police documents. And uh, so he was he was exonerated by the school, whatever they call it, kangaroo court twice. Um, And then he got they got him the third time because they sent an email to him, which he never received because he was off campus. Correct. I mean, you know, that that to me doesn't matter as much as the fact that, that, you know, there's clearly some disconnect here all the way around. First of all, to to have that third time being up on the charge. Uh, within the campus system. Secondly, that the, the university is notifying of something such a, a tremendous matter by email. And third, 
the fact that the university didn't reach out to the football department to find this guy who's a highly visible individual mm -hmm. and playing professional sports in Houston. So what happened then is, you know, after our story, uh, about a year later, uh, in, back in 2018, uh, Mumphrey filed suit and the girl filed suit against the university. And both of those cases uh, last week were settled by Michigan State University. So, you know, this is one of those things that really points to exactly what's going on with, uh, with the handling of these cases, probably the highest profile uh, individual. And New York Times, I know, picked up on the story after we had written about it. Right. Um, and that was, that was one of the things that, you know, the universities have guidelines that they're being given by the, the federal government that are leading them in circles. To the fact that you got this case where a university, a public university, had to settle with two individuals on either side of the case as a defendant. So, so bo both of them won their lawsuits, basically, because the school bailed yeah. out. Yes. They, they, they wanted to just settle and not go to court any farther. Well, if, if somebody really... And it was in federal court, so, yeah. so that's so, an important thing to, to, not, to know, because all, a lot of these cases are being taken now to federal court mm -hmm. uh, by, by males that are, that are either unjustly, uh, you know, through the burden of proof, found guilty within a campus system, but not in a criminal system. Um, there's, there's certainly a lot of things that need to be ironed out from a university and policing standpoint across the, the country, not just in Michigan State, but across the country with these matters. Well, you know, if, if somebody really wanted to be nasty, they could, uh, a, a man and a woman, a boy and a girl at college could um, both uh, claim the same things that these two have claimed, knowing that eventually it's going to, they're both going to sue the school and both going to come out of it with some money. Yeah, and that's a, and that's the thing though. You I know, mean, the the lawsuits that that you saw here. I mean, a lot of them had to do with a lot of other things that were going on at the University of at, at Michigan State, involving Larry Nasser. Uh -huh. um, oh yeah, the, you know, that's other the gym, sexual gym coach, cases. The gymnastics coach. Yeah, the gym, the USA gymnastics coach. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of things. You know, and that's kind of a lot of how this is all coming out because this is this has been an issue at Michigan State now, back to even before the Muffrey incident. So we're talking all the way back to. 2014, and there were a couple basketball players uh, who were accused of sexual assault all the way back in, I believe it was 2010, um, and no charges were ever filed on that, but the federal government investigated that and interviewed a lot of people on campus. Uh, they interviewed how the athletic department handled things, how the basketball department handled things with Tom Izzo's program, and that, that, that report found that Michigan State had a, a breakdown from the athletic department side in handling sexual assault cases. So, you know, that's, it's, there's a lot of things. And it's such a layered story. It's so mm -hmm. hard to break down in a, in a radio interview, but it's, it's one block on top of another yeah. um, that, that really Keith Mumphrey got trapped. In. Yeah. And, and, um, um, so what, so Keith Mumphrey, uh, first of all, you're a sports reporter, so you cover football. Um, what, I mean, he was a fourth round pick, so he had to be pretty good. You don't, you're yeah. not a fourth round pick if you're not pretty good. Uh, yeah, he, I believe he, he had was a, returning punts for the Texans at the time, uh, the year before he, all this came down. Yeah. So he had a career. He was going to be in the NFL for a while, most likely. Um, yeah, he's a couple of years in and, you know, I mean, he's one of those guys though that, that, you know, listen, if he would have been a guy that was an impact player, mm -hmm. I'd imagine an NFL team probably would have stuck with him a little longer because he was kind of a fringe guy. They, you know, that's that's where the politics come into play with this too. You know, they didn't feel like they needed to stand behind him, and they, you know, that that's there's a lot that goes on, and obviously that's a hot button issue with the NFL teams uh, with sexual assault and domestic violence as well. So, well, they caught um, him, no questions asked, right? They did, they did, and you know, but the the question is, would he have fit in their plans otherwise? Yeah, well, but someone would have picked him up. Yeah, and that's the thing. If someone yeah. else would have picked him up and given him another chance. Well, so he, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't, I forget what the uh, the minimum is in the NFL now. I think it's like five hundred thousand bucks a year. So yeah. if he, well, if it, if it cost him a year or two of his career, it's it's a, a million dollars. It cost him. Well, on top of that, he also was expelled from his graduate program at Michigan State that he was in, so he couldn't seek external opportunities there um because of that so you're talking a, at least a couple million and this is you know, a good kid too right educational. he was by all accounts a good kid you know and you know good grades this, small town yeah which which you know obviously is necessarily a qualifier for or not 
uh, sexual assaulting right, someone. Right. Um, you know that good kids have have done it, bad kids have not done it. You know, so yeah. it's it doesn't matter. I think anything. It would, but at, on top of that, I mean, there there were no signs where you say, well, this kid. I mean, he's worked his way to that point. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing he, is, he was a very low low rated recruit who. Michigan State identified and gave a chance, and he shined. The thing is, Chris, with a guy like this, um, his reputation is very important to him, as anybody's is. But his, especially because you don't, you, you don't, if you if you are not guilty, and you've worked hard to have, to have good grades and come from this small town. His mother lived in a trailer, uh, and and to get to where he did, where he was going to graduate school. So he was actually a student, not just some kid who got in on football and, you know, was uh, taking up space until football season was over. And so his his um, his reputation was important to him. I'm sure Michigan State apologized profusely, though, right? Oh, well, I think that's going to be the checkbook opening and, you know, <laughs> yeah. that on top of it. But, I mean, the, the reality is, you know, they're basically going to let him back in school. Basically, I, I think the terms of the agreement – um, uh, which haven't been completely spelled out publicly yet, uh, but his attorney told uh, my colleague David Jesse that that he will be that the decision will be wiped out. He'll be allowed to re-enroll in school, um, which you know that's that's a good thing for the kid's future. Um, but the finite window of an NFL career is certainly one right. that you know he's going to try to get back in the league, and I would imagine he's going to be hard pressed to one for the time off, but two. Uh, just simply because of the climate in the NFL of teams not wanting to deal with this, regardless of whether or not he was exonerated or not. Yeah, he's he's going to have issues with teams. They don't need the circus that comes with assigning a, a, a guy who was a fourth round pick. If, again, if he were if he were a first round pick caliber player, there'd be plenty of teams doing it. But right, wide receivers uh, good enough for the fourth round uh, are not that hard to come by. Um, right, that's a, that's a sad reality. This whole case. So, did he? Uh, according to the story I read somewhere, he he actually left money on the table because of the way he approached this. That's interesting. It, that doesn't surprise me, though. Um, you know, because this he his, he told uh, my colleague that his biggest thing was trying to clear his reputation. Yeah, more so than the and money. And that's a big thing. And that's a big thing. I, I think that's the biggest thing is you know because of this this whole situation and you know the way it went down, how he was cleared, and then. Basically, the only reason it gets reported is because he was banned from campus and there was a police action involved for that. I mean, otherwise, and it was put in his, his, his criminal file or his, his case file. Otherwise, this never gets reported. So certainly, you know, the university, the way they handled it, the way that everything transpired with it, um, you know, and the fact that the girl also received a settlement from the university, a lot of haphazardness going on. Now, um, what is the situa- What is the atmosphere there at Michigan State? Because this is just one, as you mentioned, of many issues that they've had. Um, what what's the What's the feeling among the media there? Are they Are they uh, Is there a lot of investigating going on to find out about yeah. uh, what's going on there? Yeah, and I mean, obviously, the Larry Nasser situation. Um, I took. I, I was working here in Lansing, and one of the the fierce five gymnasts, Jordan Weber was on that team. So that's there's a local impact to this, that story, on top of the Michigan State and on top of the USA Gymnastics stuff. That's there. Um, you know, they've gone through an interim president, the uh, former Governor Don Engler, who was candid and sometimes boorish in some of the things that he said about sexual assault survivors of Nasser. Uh, he was let go. They just hired a president uh, about a week or two ago from Stony Brook, uh, Samuel Stanley Jr. He's a medical doctor, um, certainly someone who can understand and empathize with, with the victims of the Nasser situation, but also have a bigger picture. Look at how can we prevent this from happening again? Um, you've obviously had ESPN had a report about other sexual assaults in the athletic department, um, including the basketball and football programs. Uh, none of the, uh, there were a couple cases uh, back in 2016, where where three uh, individuals uh, settled their case for sexual assault, wow. um, and then another another football player had a sexual assault uh, a few months later, and who happened to be the whistleblower on those other three. I mean, it's it's been a crazy, chaotic three years, um, and you know, 
it's sometimes hard to keep track of all the things that are going on in federal court. There's also another federal case uh, involving the, the university's uh, uh, Department of Counseling uh, telling uh, an alleged victim of three basketball players where there were never any criminal charges filed that that uh, she would be swimming with big fish. So, <laughs> I mean, this is, you know, th- this is the kind of thing when you sign up as a reporter, you expect something like this, you know, big stories like this to happen once every yeah. two, three years. This has been all within the three-year window since I took over the major beat for the free press. I got 30 seconds left here, uh, Chris, Just and I'm up against a break. Just tell me, where is the NCAA on Michigan State right now with all the stuff you just mentioned? Well, the NCAA cleared Tom Izzo's basketball program and Mark D'Antonio's football program and the handling of the stuff that the ESPN situation mattered. Um, the, the Larry Nasser stuff, there's really nothing, I think, after Penn State that, that the NCAA wants to touch involving a, a matter like that because yeah. they've seen how that transpired and backfired on them. So, um, you know, this is this is certainly stuff, though, that, that's playing out at even higher levels in the federal courts that I think we're going to be watching for a few years. So Michigan State's going to skate on the with the NCAA, is what you're saying? More than likely. Um, you know, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard for, for that when, when Michigan State's university level is coming down and getting sued by a victim and an athlete all yeah. at once to to have the NCAA say, well, you're doing this wrong. Well, yep. you know, it's certainly uh, certainly trying times up here. Daily. Yep. Sis boom ba, baby. Hey, Chris, <laughs> I appreciate you being on. Do a good, good job. Thanks. Hey, anytime, John. Take care. Okay, that's Chris Solari of the Detroit Free Press, and we will be right back. A couple of weeks ago, we had Rocky Blyer here to talk about his work with Miracle League in Moon Township. Fields for athletes with special needs. Jim Leland, the Pirates' former manager, is also involved in that project. Jim, thanks for being here. Great to be here, John. Great to talk to you. Tell me about the Miracle League of Moon Township. It's just a great thing for these kids, and it's a wonderful opportunity for people to participate. Some people are a little less fortunate than others, and I think it's just a great opportunity for people to volunteer and to help out and put a smile on somebody's face. I've seen the field that they put out in Upper St. Clair. It's amazing. Oh, it's unbelievable the way they construct these things. They have the ramps and everything for the kids. It takes a little stress off the parents. I think it's what Pittsburgh's all about. It's just a great thing. It'll serve Montour, West Allegheny, Moon, Sewickley, Weirton, Steubenville, Beaver County, and surrounding communities. Approximately 100 to 200 children will be eligible to participate, and it'll also serve adults with special needs, so it's a great cause. And if you'd like to see how you can help, maybe donate some money, check it out at miraclesinmoon.org. Miraclesinmoon.org. We'll be right back. Okay, meat lovers, Beef Jerky Outlet presents over 100 delicious ways to get your snack on. There's nothing slim about these big flavors. This is high-end, quality, gourmet jerky in more flavors than you've ever thought possible. From wild game to pepper and spice to sweet and savory, there's something for everyone. Flavors like honey jalapeno, Cajun barbecue beef brisket, sweet bourbon traditional, Asian sesame, teriyaki, cherry maple, and peppercorn smoked beef, just to name a few. With Father's Day coming up, this is a total no-brainer for the guy in your life. Visit BeefJerkyOutlet.com for fabulous gift ideas. Plus, check out their phenomenal selection of rubs, sauces, and marinades. Beef Jerky Outlet at Tanger Outlets in Washington and their brand new location at Grove City Outlets. Beef Jerky Outlet, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday right here on the John Stoggerwald Show. Check them out, beefjerkyoutlet.com. Okay, first time we read this commercial, he got one. So I had to get one. And we are both in love with this product. The glass chair mat by Vitraza. They're unbelievable. You know that junky plastic chair mat under your office chair or at home? A piece of garbage. It's the ugliest thing in your office. Vitraza glass chair mats are beautiful. Durable. Each one will support over a thousand pounds, so it'll even hold me. <laughs> They've got a lifetime warranty, and the way you feel rolling over smooth glass instead of cheap, crackly plastic, it's like working in a million-dollar office. And it's your office. Well, we got to mention this. Shipping is absolutely free. Absolutely. Lifetime warranty, scratch-resistant, stylish, Vitraza glass chair mats. You can't get them at the office superstore. you got to order them direct at vitraza.com slash life. That's V as in value, I-T-R-A-Z-Z-A, vitraza.com slash life. You'll want to remember that website. There's a discount code waiting for you for 10% off, only at vitraza.com slash life. Have you ever seen a pest control? spraying chemicals in your home? 
It makes you wonder, if their chemicals are safe, then why do they suit up and wear respirators only to leave you to walk back in unprotected? G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free, and I'm here to tell you there's a better way. In an age where we now have the choice to drive electric cars, you too can electronically read your home or business of unwanted rodents and pests. The answer is Plug-In Pest Free. 100% chemical-free, Plug-In Pest Free is your safest bet for your family and pets. Our bestseller, the Plug-In Pest Free Pro, will cover up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair dinkum. So order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code SAVE20 for 20% off plus free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. Go pestfree.com today. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, I think we have two candidates for um, Jerk of the Week already. The uh, Beef Jerky Outlet Jerk of the Week. Uh, the guy, the mayor of Baltimore with the gloves. And now Bernie Sanders has uh, entered the fray. Uh, Bernie, th- this, I don't know how, I, I don't know, this is, this is never going to end. Bernie Sanders is Jewish. I think everybody knows that. So there's talk about, you know, Bernie's running around. He's always trashing the rich and saying how terrible it is and rich people are too rich. And so Politico does a story and talks about how much money he has. A couple of big houses, three homes I think he owns. And so they do a story on him about how much money Bernie Sanders has. And uh, there's a picture that accompanies the article that has Bernie with a, a mansion over his shoulder and he's standing next to a tree with dollar bills on it. And uh, Bernie says that that, he says, call that what it is. It's an anti-Semitic article. And then there's uh, Alexandria overrated Cortez, who says, um, she says the same thing. She says, um, here it is right here. How photoshopping money trees next to the only Jewish candidate for president and talking about how cheap and rich he is isn't anti-Semitic with a question mark. He's Jewish. Does that mean that he's no, you're not allowed to make any suggestion that he's done anything illegal financially with money or anything? I mean, it's just you don't you don't get a pass because you're Jewish because people be afraid of being called anti-Semitic. You know, it's uh, it's it's hopeless. I'll see you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.